Let's drone out. Sorry, I bet it's like live. Hello and welcome <laughs> to <laughs> today's uh, Thursday, the 18th of January 2018. Uh, tonight we are joined by Tony. Bonjour. What's his name, Tony? Uh, you're not going to learn anything today, drunk Joshua Bardwell? I thought we were all drinking. I, you said, make sure you bring a drink. I assumed that meant we were all going to be drinking. Apparently, you just wanted me to drink. Only half of us. You're a terrible influence. Look, we haven't, you haven't got anything to talk about because you've already <laughs> talked about it on the Unrestricted podcast. You've had a podcast with Jesse. Yes. And you've live streamed three times this week. Well, it's his job now, isn't it, really? I, I, I think he wants to go back to his job so he can have a rest. <laughs> I don't um, know. There's some, people say, "How do you make? Have you finished the introductions? Is it time for me to start talking yet?" No, no, no. And uh, oh, we're also sorry, joined bad. by Frank. Hello. Feel free to That's contact okay. him for drug advice. Uh, that makes yeah. sense. For all your sorry. Really... Uh, like to thank the Patreons. Our newest Patreon, Joshua Bardwell. Thank you very much. Thanks, Josh. Yep, um, I still remember the little guys. Oh, the we are little. Well, I don't know why we're still little. Except for, except for Jack. Sick, yeah. <laughs> no comment. How, how do you comment. know how big I am? <laughs> <laughs> Did you trick me with one of those skirts you were wearing? <laughs> I know where your other website is. Erwin <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, L in the chat was straight on the chat, like as soon as I created the, the show for tonight. So hello, Erwin. Zero was short on his, his tail, so... Hello, everyone that's obviously keenly waiting. Uh, had Dynamite Girl, I believe, asking in on Facebook if we're on tonight. So people are waiting for us. I thought so apparently she worked around her vets for us, which I thought was pretty cool. She had to take her dogs to the vets and work around it so she could get back to watch the show. That is commitment. Thank you, Dynamite Girl. Yeah, I bet you don't have that on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, do, do you know what I'd love most in the world is like at the end of your video, one of your videos, randomly they're just all of a sudden plays goodbye horses and you're putting on lipstick and you're like, this is for you, Jack. <laughs> I would, I would no, it's honestly, not think like, it's not, it's not gonna happen. Chocolate milk all over my laptop, roll around the, on the floor for half an hour. I think you could you could make that for yourself if you really wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of footage out there of me, but none, none of me putting on lipstick. It's Who's a little known fact that this, despite the fact that I do wear skirts sometimes and sarongs, I'm not actually a cross-dresser, uh, which is a fine distinction. Eddie Izzard has some, he's, a, he's one of your countrymen, has mm-hmm. some fine words to say on that. Someone asked him in an interview once, why do you wear women's clothes? And he says, I don't wear women's clothes. They're my clothes. He's really brilliant. Jack I, up as a girl. So, you know, unless you want them flashed about, Jack, I should zip it. What? <laughs> yeah. What, photos of me? Yeah, dressed, in, dressed as a girl. No? Uh, yes. <laughs> I have... not a girl. I've got those photos. I'll put them out there. They're on my Facebook anyway. Right. Yeah. Now, look, I was going to say when, during the intro, which you so rudely interrupted me, <laughs> because I'm trying to get a sponsorship here. I'm trying something new. <laughs> it's Monster Zero Ultra. Because I was like, I know I like to drink gin, but what am I going to mix it with? The gin I'm drinking is Hendrix Gin. Mm. I don't think they're going to sponsor me, but I think I could spin this into a monster sponsorship because I know they're e- they just want to see their cans everywhere. So I'm drinking tonight Monster, Zero Ultra, and Gin. It's actually pretty good. If anybody out there works for Monster, I'm already buying your product. Okay, yeah. moving on. Sorry, guys. I'm abusing your show. But... No, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone else does. Um, <clears throat> Including us. I know, I know a few people at Red Bull, but like, didn't Flight Test manage to uh, pull, a, pull a Mountain Dew sponsorship? Mountain Dew's getting into mini quads. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, I think you just need to keep drinking it and buy some merchandise, and, yeah, I, I think you pull it out of the bag. Yeah, you never know. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. I can't drink no stuff, man. But, yeah, isn't it 
Isn't it like, Frank, isn't it like mixing like cocaine and heroin, though? You know, like alcohol, depressant, energy drink. Uppers and downers. Uppers and downers. Either way, blood flows. That's, that's the line, I think. <laughs> yep. you, need to, um, you need to talk to Frank. Yeah. Uh, Josh, about, about yeah. substance abuse. I'd, I'll tell you what, though. These, and I, I know I'm the last person in the world to figure this out, but these things are no joke. Like, oh, I man. thought... When energy drinks got big, I kind of thought, okay, it's just like a caffeinated drink, whatever. I drink coffee. No, these things are no freaking joke. These, this is, it's like, you know, you could take some crystal meth or you could drink two of these. And you just, <laughs> <laughs> these are no joke. No. Well, I know someone who died drinking quite a lot of them a day. I mean, that's not, that's not funny, but really? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Maybe. also knows someone who murdered his own parents. <laughs> Was it the same person? No. <laughs> No, but yes, I do. I'm sorry to put that out there, and you probably don't want to no, talk not. about it. But Graham Norton would be proud. It is, yeah. It is just there's every now and again you find something out about Tony, and you're just like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I remember like we were just driving somewhere, and he was like, "Yeah, I know." And I was just like, "Tony's a dark horse." Oh, he is very, very dark horse. Sorry, he is. I'm sorry to put that out there, but yeah, it's just I don't. I've never quite met anyone quite like Tony. Oh, thanks. Isn't that nice? Yes, yeah. I like being individual. Thanks, Jack. Right, drones. Are we gonna? How how many minutes in? We've not mentioned <laughs> anything about these flying things. Well, the biggest topic is didn't Joshua just release a, another video about Beta Flight 3.3 and Carmen filters and all that good stuff? I did, I did. Uh, it's and I was people were asking me, you know, what, what is this? Will you do a video about it? And I saw, for un, unlike my normal thing where I ignore that and I make <laughs> stupid videos about things no one cares about, I, I went ahead and I pushed it up to the top of my list and I made one, and it's been really popular. Um, yeah, Kalman filter is a is a thing uh, that uh, Kalen Dor, the main coder for RaceFlight, the originator of the RaceFlight project, and the sort of main coder, uh, it's one of the things he put into RaceFlight. That's kind of like his secret sauce. It's not the only thing, but and uh, since he had a falling out with the RaceFlight one, well, had a falling out with Preston Garrison. I'm trying not to name names, but. Uh, I, I have been saying that Kalen Dorr uh, left race flight, but his argument is that he is race flight. And he, <laughs> so he, he took it with him, he would yeah. say. But um, he started contributing stuff to beta flight. And beta flight's open source, so anyone can contribute. And, um, and my impression is that a lot of the animosity, the whole, you know, don't touch our stuff, this is our stuff attitude that came about when race flight one became a thing. It was really kind of one-sided. It was all like Betaflight can't have our stuff, but Betaflight was never like the devs were never like Betaflight, screw you. I don't know. Anyway, so when he offered this stuff to the Betaflight project, they're like, yeah, and, and sure enough, uh, it flies really good. It's really amazing, honest. And I'm a little bit embarrassed because, like, how many times can you fly something and go, holy shit, this is so, it's so yeah. good, and then it just keeps happening. Every so often, you you fly something and you're like, whoa. So I had a video out where people can uh, can try out this new pre-release firmware and and see for themselves. Uh, you know, you never so know. It's, it's pre-release. It's not. Um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not even pre-release. It's this it's is pre- if you if you fo- yeah if you follow these steps, like they're pretty sure that nothing is majorly wrong with it. Like that the fail-safe code isn't broken or anything, but it's a total. You're in dev land if you decide to try it out. So. And you got to be really careful and really take your, you know, make sure you don't do anything dumb with it because it could go wrong, but it probably won't. Is it still F4 only? Well, so here's the thing. The the common filter itself can run on F3. To run 32 kilohertz uh, speed, you have to be on at least F4. F3s can't do that. Um, And... uh, there, the, the thing is, though, the advantages of this filtering still exist if you're only running at 8 kilohertz. Uh, Kalen's whole thing is 32 kilohertz. That's RaceFlight's whole thing. 32 kilohertz is awesome. And so, of course, when, when he ports this code to Betaflight, it sort of gives a kick in the pants to 32 kilohertz. But some people are saying, well, I guess F3 is dead. 
and the devs are working really hard to, I mean, this is so pre-release that like today, some of this code might not run well on F3, but they haven't even started optimizing it yet. So F3 is, I don't think, 3.3 3. 3 is not going to be the death knell for F3. Uh, maybe, you know, 3.4, but F3 still has some life in it. I probably wouldn't buy an F3 today, but if you have one, I wouldn't throw it out. But F4, though, no inverters. It's like, mm. So, right, yeah. so F7, that's where, can't wait till we get past F4 and on to F7s, which have inverters, and that'll be super nice. Is there any reason we can't do that already? Like with Just, with the F sevens, I mean they're no, out there. Well, it's, it has it has a lot to do with marketing, I think. Um, why didn't manufacturers just go straight to the F seven? And uh, there are some complications with the F seven code, and I don't know what they are. But I know for now, right? If you take the code that's on the F seven now, like if you install Betaflight on an F seven, it actually isn't really well optimized, as my, from what I've heard, and it runs way slower than it should. And there's something different about the F seven architecture that they need to go back into the code and, I don't know, tweak some things. So it may be that the F4 was just a friendlier architecture to code for or to port to, or it may just be that marketers like going sequentially F3, F4, F7. Why should we skip the F4s? I don't know. Because mm. I heard, like, the development boards were a nightmare to get hold of. A lot of people make having to make their own, and they just weren't quite ready yet. That's what I heard from Mr. Cleanfly anyway. Yeah, well, he would know. <laughs> he would know. Uh, we did have some questions in the chat building up before we uh, came live. Can um, I ask one quick? Go for it. If you're running 32 kilohertz, um, oh, let me try to work, work. Let me brain work this out. Whoa, no way. Tony's math. <laughs> Tony. I'm, I'm just trying to think how to say it. If if it runs that fast, um, can you get? Well, can I say it? Can you can beat you get, the speed of light? No, can it let through bad stuff to your aliasing yeah, noise? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, noise. So, so you're so you're on something there. I'm lower. And I'm I'm not an expert I'm not an expert on the gyro chips and all as much as I kind of pretend to be one I'm just kind of filtering through little bits of information that I pick up, but I believe that what you're getting at is true that when you go to the 32 kilohertz sampling, you do increase the the noise floor that the gyro picks up. So essentially, it picks up more signal but also more noise, and that's why if on Betaflight 3.2 and before. If you activate that 32 kilohertz mode in the configuration tab, which you can do, and then you run at 32 kilohertz gyro sampling rate, at least half of people, I would guess, maybe more, their quad just flies terrible. It, it'll, it'll jitter. The motors will sound terrible. Sometimes mm. it'll go, blah, 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 try to fly to the moon, and it's just is a, is a mess. And they're like, what's the point? And you have to have the code optimized to run at that speed. And the filtering is a big part of it. The filtering lets the good data through and rejects the noise. Right. I think there's an even better argument to be made, a more interesting argument to be made, which is, um, it goes back to what Jack said about aliasing, which is that the the higher the frequency at which you sample, the higher, there's a thing called the Nyquist limit, which means that the, if you're, any any frequencies that are more than half your sampling rate are going to experience a form of distortion called aliasing. And so what you can do is you can say, if I've got a band-limited signal like a CD, it tops out, I think it's 22 kilohertz, and that's why CDs sample at 44 kilohertz. Um, so if you say 22 kilohertz is the highest frequency sound that I care about capturing, there's nothing above there. We sample at 44 kilohertz and you're good. So with 32 kilohertz sampling on the gyro, then in theory, 16 kilohertz is where our Nyquist limit is at. But if you look at a black box file, you'll see that there is almost no signal energy above, say, one or maybe two kilohertz. Most of it's down around 500 hertz. That's where the prop noise is. And so there is an argument, I think, to be made of what are you getting when you sample at that faster rate? Because increasing the Nyquist limit, you're just getting more and more noise. It's just there's nothing up there in those frequencies that you're sampling more accurately. But then you have guys like Kaylin Dorr who are really smart guys and know what they're talking about saying, no, seriously, there's a good reason to do this. And I just have to conclude I'm not smart enough to understand it yet. I think generally the idea is that 
if you double the sample rate, you can you can technically get that frequency because you'll have uh, you know up down up down top of the signal bottom of the signal. But if you want to actually get a whole waveforms, then you need mm. like five samples, ten samples for each cycle in order to be able to capture that waveform. So I think I, I no, mean, that's that, kind of what you do in sound. But that's, I that's, that's not what the so the Nyquist theorem is actually really interesting if you're a nerd like me. So if you think about a sine wave, and every, I'm not going to draw one, but everybody can just picture a sine wave. If you know that the sine wave, if you know that the signal you're capturing is a sine wave, let's stipulate that, which means it's a perfectly repeating signal, right? At that point, the only thing you need to do to recreate the sine wave completely perfectly is to know the frequency. And at, right, if I say draw me a five five kilohertz sine wave, well, it's just going to be a sine wave, and it's either going to get more squished or more stretched out basic based on the frequency. So, by sampling enough to just catch the top and the bottom of the, if you can capture any two points of the sine wave, you can, you can determine the frequency. And that's where the Nyquist theorem comes from. You have to sample at twice the rate of the free of the, of the wave, and then you could perfectly recreate it. So then, so, okay, fine. But you say, well, our sounds aren't made up just of sine waves. They're made up of little, 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 all kinds of things, right? You look at a, you look at an audio waveform and it doesn't look like a sine wave. It's, and then there's a thing called a Fourier transform which says that any signal, no matter how complex, can be broken down into a sum of sine waves. So the Fourier transform and the Nyquist limit together basically are how, that's how you can say that any signal, as long as you assume that it's band limited. So we're going to say this, we're going to capture everything below 16 kilohertz and we sample at 32 kilohertz and it's just mathematically true that if, if the signal stops at 16 kilohertz, you sample at 32 kilohertz, there is no advantage to sampling faster than that unless you're trying to capture higher frequencies. You have perfectly recreated and captured everything below yeah. that. Because there's, so there's also like the beat frequencies. So if you've got, if you're sampling at 5,000 samples a second and you've got a frequency that's, you know, what is it, 4,998 you know, uh, hertz, then mm -hmm. you end up with like a, a beak frequency on that because you're sampling at the top of the signal and then you're sampling that's, a little bit further along. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's aliasing. But you said this, the beat, the beat is at 49.99 and you're sampling at 5,000. If the beat's at 49.99, you need to sample it twice that and then the aliasing yeah. goes away. It's true. Crash yep. test FBV says he makes signs and waves while driving. Probably that. <laughs> I'd love Tony to like Tony. Did you understand any of that? Uh, I just nodded and pretended I did. Oh, Fair enough. It's, it's, it's heady. It's heady material for for this uh, podcast, <laughs> and I feel I feel a little bit embarrassed talking about that stuff because there are real engineers. That, like I can say the words. Fourier transform, and you guys think I sound smart, but I, I just, I, I know what a Fourier transform is. If you look up the dictionary definition, I couldn't write one. I couldn't do one. I just happened. In, it's like you know, you show me a, you show me an excavator, and I'll be like, that thing digs holes. But you put me in the seat of the excavator, and I'd have a lot of trouble. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think you could work it out. It's all maybe, maybe, and... right? Yeah. How hard could it be? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't because I, I was, I was like researching like what is a common filter and it's like isn't Lots it just of mass i know yeah it's just like oh. measuring, measuring transforms measuring things that you can't get to and <laughs> working out estimates when you haven't got the data between data is that right yeah something like that from from what i can tell the good thing about a common filter is that it's very good at giving you an approximation of a system based on an incomplete measurement of some aspects of a system. So the, the example that they use on the Wikipedia page, which of course is the first place I went, <laughs> is that if you've got a car and it's moving at a certain speed and you want to measure the distance, the car is gone. Well, if you get periodic position updates, you can do dead reckoning based on the speed and estimate the position. And that, you know, the, that, the, that dead reckoning is going to be not perfectly accurate, but you could estimate the position if you knew it. And a Kalman filter then, that's like a very, very simple example of what a Kalman filter might be. Uh, one of the other things about Kalman filters that seems uh, from my uh, 
cursory reading to be good about them is that they give you a metric for the uncertainty of the measurement. So you can, you can know that we have a very good estimate of the system or a mm. poor estimate of the system, whereas other kinds of things might give you and not, you just don't know if it's good data or bad data. This is our best guess. We have no idea whether it's good or not. Yeah. Or well, right. Or but but a common filter might say, "This is a pretty good guess. We're doing good here." Oh, oh, hang on, it's a little worse now. But you know, if you really want to know about that stuff, you should get somebody like somebody who knows about them on. And I'm really <laughs> not. I'm really not that guy. Yeah. Mm. I we should actually um, speak to Kaylin and see whether he come on. Are you in contact yeah. with him? Oh, not not particularly. I mean, I've I've talked to him on Messenger once or twice, but I've tried to get him to go on my show. I'm not sure if he does appearances. Um, I'm not sure if he likes to be interviewed. He, well, that, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him, he, tell him to get a drink and come on. Yeah. Yeah. He's safe oh. here amongst morons. <laughs> uh, Owen suggests uh, going back to analog like vinyl over MP3. Uh. <laughs> Well, I mean, get a fixed wing, something that's positively stable, nothing, and you can have a go. There's nothing wrong with analog, but the argument that a digital uh, representation of an analog signal is in some way inferior is incorrect. A, a, a digi- There may be flaws. That comes from, I think, back in the day when CDs were first coming out, the the digital production chain wasn't there. So you had analog tools being used to record and master and mix the music and then then digital uh, final, you know, digital mastery to the CD. And even after we had full digital chain uh, all the way from recording to CD, the tools, people still didn't know how to use the tools in a lot of ways. You know, there was a learning curve as we transitioned to digital. And a lot of people said they listened to CDs and the CDs sounded worse than the vinyl. And they said digital sucks, but it wasn't because the CD was digital. It was because people just didn't know how to make CDs yet. It's a fact that a, a digital representation can be just as good. And in fact, I think today, I mean, there's just no question that, uh, you know, you do an AB test and nobody's going to pick a record over a, over a CD. Uh, well, let me, if you have a particularly good record, maybe it'll beat the CD, but if you take the record and you play the record into a good, high-quality digital recorder, and then you play back the digital recording of the record, I don't think you're going to see a difference. That seems fair. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, have, I have a strong opinion on almost anything. That's what you have to get do. Yeah. Up. Yeah. By the end of the show. <laughs> Um, someone else asked, uh, does anyone, has anyone got any tips for using conformal coating? And Tony might even be able to help on that one. I just, this is my tip. Slap it on. <laughs> That's all I do. Just get it out, slap it on, do it in a well-ventilated area. Um, Tony doesn't, I, as you can tell. <laughs> I, this is, this is what I use. I, oh, the label. Tony's got off. nothing, nothing to live for. The label's fallen off. That's what he says. Um, it's like a nail varnish. I one. I just took it out and just plastered it everywhere. It seems to work. Tony wants well. to break free. Have you started selling your your toothpaste tubes of yellow goo yet, Jack? No, it goes off. You need to. I thought you were like sealing tubes. it up and posting it out and making your own little. Mate, I, I was taking it. Yes. Aww. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. I still think you should do it. Yeah, I know. I've I, I have been funny I, enough. I need some. But I one customer already. Extending the the cable of a of a tramp. So not quite long enough for my for what I want to use them for. What do you want to use it for? Well, the the alien. I don't like it being on the top plate because ah. the battery straps go through it. So. That's uh, that's my excuse. Rob Britton in the chat asks, has Andy RC got a doctor's note for being absent? Uh, I don't know. Do you need a doctor's note to submit it to yourself when you're (laughs) self-employed? You know, I I went to the doctor recently because you could probably hear in my voice. And if you watch my channel, you know, I've I've been hoarse. I've had a throat. I don't know what it is, but I lost my voice. I went to the doctor to get some some medicine for it. And uh, she said, don't worry, we can... I told. I said, "Well, uh, she said, what's your insurance?' Which you guys know nothing about being over there in the UK." But yeah. I said, "Oh no, I'm, I'm, 
I'm in between insurances right now because when I leave one job and get the other, I have to change plans. And so I said, well, I'll be paying out of pocket this time. She said, okay. So she assumed I was self-employed and she said, uh, she said, well, we'll give you a doctor's note. And I said, oh, I don't need a doctor's note. I, I just, I could stop working anytime. I don't want to make any money. <laughs> <laughs> I have no boss to report though. I call it self-unemployed. <laughs> right. Right. Self-unemployed. You know, it's, I actually, I brought something for you guys too, uh, because uh, my voice is normally not very deep, but you can probably hear right now it's deeper than it normally is. And I actually took the opportunity to make something and um, I, I have it ready to go and I'm going to play it right now over the air <laughs> with your permission. So, so here we go. Watch, watch this. In a world full of confusion, one man will teach the internet how to fly. Joshua Bardwell is the know-it-all. That was me. That was me. That's my voice. I'm the movie. My voice was so low. I could pretend to be the movie three movie trailer guy. <laughs> you, you just needed brought to you by monster. <laughs> brought to you by monster. <laughs> I thought you guys would like. That there you go. Word. Word. I was just, I was just going Thanks around the house. The side, though, yeah? Just going around the house doing that. <laughs> like to my son, <laughs> chuckling to yourself. Do you miss the old job, or, or are you? Yeah. You, are, are you like? Because you're you're hardcore at it, man. You're like appearing on everything and having to do interviews, and the pinball's looking yeah. really full. There's a little bit yeah. of mess now. I've never seen mess on your desk that much. Which this mess back yeah, here? Yeah, that one. Oh that no, one. it's all it's all over. It comes and it goes, though. Yeah, I'm staying busy. I'm staying very busy. It's uh, I'm treating it, you know, now I have to, I have nothing to fall back on. So I'm desperately taking every opportunity to do whatever I can to try and make sure I keep being able to, you know, feed my family and pay the rent. <laughs> fortunately, uh, fortunately, everybody's been great. Uh, I had a huge boost to my Patreon. So um, my Patreon was already, I'm very happy with the support people have given me. But the minute I announced that I was going full-time, so like so many people just were like, hey, oh, I've, you know, I've been waiting and I, I clearly now's the time. <laughs> and even, even, even when people, people sometimes feel a little embarrassed and they're like, oh, you know, it's only a dollar a month, but it's all I can afford. Like more than half of my patrons, I think the average is, I don't know, I can't, I don't know, but more than half of them are like at one or two dollars a month. And it's just, you know, enough people do it and it really adds up and it makes yeah. a living. So it's very nice. It's very good. And I, I really hope and look forward to being able to do this for a long time because mm. I love it. It's, it's the the generosity of, of everyone on for Patreon just like keeps it alive, especially like you know yeah. the way YouTube's going now. Yeah, you yeah, need, uh, thousand subscribers at least, and how many hours? Four thousand, four thousand view hours a year, I think. Yeah, something like a lot that. of smaller channels got knocked recently. Yeah, sorry. Like, that's all we're allowed to talk about on that one. Andrew said, like, <laughs> no, no complaining. Do you know what? Right. I, I wondered why I was like, not, uh, hang on, uh, Simon Bradley has got a message. I haven't got the chat up. I realized what the hell. Send me a link to the show. Might be able to get Kaylin on if you want him on. That is wicked. So hang on. Yeah, I want him on. Yep. Copy link address. We've got we we've got a we've got an insider who's like really tight on <laughs> in the old. Brad is, he's in love with Kalen's filter. He keeps going on. You need to try a new put these Kalen filters. I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I don't say this lightly. There have been a few times when I've flown a firmware, and it just you fly it, and you're just like, "WTF!" Knocks your socks off. The first time I flew Betaflight, which wasn't even called Betaflight then. Uh, and Boris had the low-pass filter on the whatever, whatever he did in the very first beta flight. I flew it, and I was just like, how? I didn't know. I thought my quad flew good. I had no idea. And it just reset the bar. And that's happened one or two other times, and this was one of them. I mean, now, granted, people who fly race flight have been like, yeah, dude, we know. And I've always thought that race flight flew pretty good and liked it, but um, just feeling the difference between... Betaflight with the Kalman filter and the other the other improvements. I mean, I it's not exactly the same as race flight. Um, so 
I really felt like it was a real step I up. Try it then on one of my race quads. I think it's worth a try. Mm. It doesn't fly exactly like race flight. And well, some people have said, some people have said, well, if it's so good, why don't you just fly race flight? And I'm like, there's a lot more to an ecosystem than just the flight performance on the sticks. You know, yeah. like if you don't want, if you don't like the revolt for any reason, too bad. <laughs> right. So, yeah. mm. but um, it does fly really well. It's worth a try. Also, um, the other, the other thing with these uh, closed sourced um, flight controllers, like where do you, what annoys me is um, the right to repair. Like, if you break a a board and you want to replace the chip on it, your serial numbers no longer match. Yeah, hmm. I so, didn't think about that. Yeah, I find that really annoying because it's like... Does that mean that you can't use it then? Is it like hardwired in that you can't... Yeah. Oh, because it's like done by the key of the... Zero number on the chip that yeah ah oh wow oh, okay it so, really 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 sucks and that's what stops people from using it on other flight controllers yeah so oh. that the serial number is registered and then you can't you know you cannot connect wow okay oh, no, it sucks i'm gonna try and see if they've like blocked Frank, did you get any more questions for Josh earlier? There is, there is one. I want to know if Joshua's going to expand to cover more than just five inch. So many reviewers like Andy RC review a wide range of quads, but we only get uh, Joshua Bardwell info, info on one size. And that yeah. is from... I mean, I, I am so, so prolific um, that it's, it's hard for me to be a deep without uh without being also focused um because the more time i have to spend it, the problem is if i if i try to branch out like i'm thinking about doing like a seven inch build right and i have to really put a lot of effort into making sure that i've done my research you know like if i do a, a build and i and i pick like a, a motor that everybody else already knows is crap then i get a lot of i get a lot of shit for that because people expect me to be an authority but it does mean I don't have as much freedom to kind of branch out as I did when I was first starting out. Um, I'm tr- I, I, I am hoping to cover micros more. Like I re- did my interview with Jesse Perkins come out this morning, and I have a review of uh, this the B Brain, uh, the Acro B with the B Brain V2 from Newbie Drone, and this is a legit like Tiny Whoop racer. So I got a video coming out where we flew those and reviewed them and. Um, but most the, the other thing is I put so much freaking time, like literally now that's my full-time job. This is just literally all I do from the minute I get up in the morning to the minute I go to bed at night. And so it has to be stuff I enjoy. Otherwise I would drive myself crazy. And as much as people like to think of me as a know-it-all, I actually have a limited appetite for novelty. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to do the things that I enjoy and just kind of keep doing them and get really deep into them, which is how I got where I am. But like, if I love how five inches fly, I'm just going to keep flying them. And maybe someday I'll fly a six inch, but I'm not the kind of guy who will fly one thing today, next thing tomorrow, next thing the day after. I'll, I'll always feel like I'm not a good enough pilot yet on five inch. Why would I want to th- mess myself up by going to different sizes? So, hmm. And that was one of the other questions I think from someone was, do you feel uh, that flying different quads hurts your skills? So going from micro to five inch and, you know, and you need a few packs to to get adjusted. And I think that probably answers that question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not to say that you shouldn't mix it up, but if you look at the pro racers, I mean, certainly I can't speak for all of them, but if you look at what some of the pro racers do is, you know, in the, in the weeks before a major event, They'll just fly their race quad and all five or six of their race quads are identical. They just need to really get locked in, get their reflexes and their muscle memory toned exactly right. Um, it's the same for top freestyle pilots. Uh, I know that Steele has talked about how he builds his rigs identical so that his muscle memory for how it's going to respond is the same. And I bet that's true for other guys as well. But for people who aren't at the highest, highest level, there's a lot of it fun in trying different things. I know I tried a 5S six-inch rig that a, a local guy had built, uh, T-Motor F-80s, <laughs> 5S six-inch, pardon me, 
and usually don't think of uh, six-inch rigs as being speed demons. They have a lot of torque and thrust and grunt, but they don't have a lot of top end because the props don't make the RPMs. But this thing, I guarantee it broke 100 miles an hour in a straight line. I just, we didn't have a radar gun, but it was so fast and so powerful. And when I flew it, you also expect six inch to be to handle a little differently, but it was just as sharp and responsive as a five inch, just because it had so much power and torque to spare. It was just unreal. And I was like, well, maybe there's some advantage to branching out every now and then. <laughs> so variety is the spice of life, Josh. Mm-hmm. And and also monster energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> If you stay there for long enough, you might come up as our thumbnail. That's it, What's yeah. Can't, can't we... Hold, hold the can up. Yeah, can't we just take a screenshot of him now, quickly? Hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hold on. Present i got to change my lower third. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. What else is in there? My two inches is hang agile on. as my five inch. Okay, there we go. Hey, Nutty, how you doing? There you go, screenshot that. <laughs> Frank, can you do that? Patches. I can only hold that face for so long. <laughs> Patches says, I usually load up the car with airframes and put a batter or two through each, but it's convenient into the light thing. Rob Britton also says he's hungry, and Davy says, ha-ha. Um, are you ever going to fly a wing? I used to fly fixed wing. My first RC plane was a Bixler. And um, I had a wing for a while. I'm not a big fan of wings uh, for fixed wing because, especially for FPV, because they don't have good yaw. They don't have really any yaw input, right? They don't have a, a vertical stabilizer. You which means when you're, I suppose, I mean, you could build a wing with vertical stabilizers. I know people have done that, and even oh, with rudders. Too much. But the ones, yeah. what's that? Or you could have two motors and differential thrust if you wanted to. Yeah, that's true. I never or yeah or or uh, thrust vectoring. Hmm. The the ones I flew were just two channel, and it was really annoying to fly them FPV and have the quad be facing or the quad, <laughs> the wing be facing this way because it was in the wind and flying that way, and you couldn't really see what you were going. Um, yeah, so yeah, hmm, I, they're okay. Every time I think about flying a fixed wing. Like at Flight Fest, I went to Flight Fest East uh, this year, and I I thought, well, maybe I'll go, you know, try something fixed wing at the flight line. And no offense, I'm going to offend somebody. I know, I apologize. <laughs> cool. They just all they're just all going like this. Oh man, I'm flying in an oval. I could fly a big oval or a small one, high up or low down. They're just kind of flying in ovals and always left. I, I, and inverted, and don't forget yeah. power loops. And I, I and I don't I I joke, but I don't mean to take anything away. Those guys are great pilots, uh, and they do they fly all kinds of things, especially the combat and everything. That's fun. I I get it. I'm not I'm not trying to put them down. It's just when you compare that to racing a mini quad or flying proximity, just for me, there's just no there's no there's no comparison. <laughs> it's so much more fun to fly quads. I was at an event once, and um, I sorry, his name's Phil. He was giving me hassle. Like those guys wanted to race, and the freestylers were on the, like you know had had the slot for the race, and they're like, oh, can't we just you know can't we race and they do it elsewhere, like bloody freestylers. And I I remember shouting back to him, you know, don't you get bored of being told where to go? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, his face just dropped really, and uh, yeah, take that one, racers. I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> it's like, but I like wings, though. I want to get a really, really big one. I do. I like I'm really I like relaxing wings. about them. Do you know what I mean? You're not yeah. working I'll, the sticks all the time. Yeah. I'll tell you what I want. I'll tell you what I want to do is I want to try a, a glider. I had a, a guy I knew here in Knoxville. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. But he had a glider, and it just seemed really awesome. I'd love to be able to, like, thermal, to be able to put up and ride thermals up and not have to worry about He would just... He literally would get tired of looking up at the sky and he would just sit down and lay back in the grass and watch his plane. <laughs> Occasionally he'd move the sticks and, uh, and it just seemed really relaxing. And, I, and he would be up there for 20, 25 minutes on a little 2S pack, you know, because it's not running his motor. Yeah. And it just seemed really cool. Uh, Those DLG guys, 
but they mm-hmm. um like you hear like if you listen to rc after hours they they would talk about that and then equally they've got the other side of it where they have like competitions on who can stay up the longest and they're hunting for thermals and sweating and you know they're mm-hmm. so into it they can't talk to each other and it's just deadly silent and you just uh you know i, I really enjoyed that story that they told yeah. I, I don't know what episode it was but it's really cool I have a... go, go on well, i have a massive amount of respect for those guys the way they can read the wind and see the thermals and stuff just just huge respect for that skill yeah looking at sh- shadows of clouds on the ground and then be able to look up and pick out your glider on where <laughs> it was. I just, wizards, wizards. Don't, don't trust them. Kill them with fire. <laughs> the thing I like about wings is um, not having to land after three minutes. I like the 20, <laughs> 20 minutes of uh, relaxing, exploring, not just... Maybe. Can I, can I step in and plug a mini air show? Because we've, of course, with it's now oh, we're doing monster. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's now confirmed. Twelfth and thirteenth of May at Popham Airfield. Uh, so there'll be the the permanent track's going to be revamped for it. We're going to have, I mean, the Popham guys uh, are doing a huge amount for us. There's going to be like a whole catering village and all sorts going on. Um, so it's, it's it sounds like it's going to be really good. We can have you know to like the the track and we're also going to have the field as well so there'll be loads of time for fixed wings and stuff there there's going to get some guys over with some massive scale warbirds and things and i think it's gonna go well so watch this space follow on facebook and everything if you're interested um, there were some funny little comments. Uh, Crash Test FPTV says DLG equals back pain and muscle hurt that you never knew you had. <laughs> and uh, Erwin L says, um, Josh, you should build a permanent racetrack in your garden and compare all your quads. So maybe yeah, like the Barwell racetrack. I've thought about doing that, like the Top Gear track, right? Top Gear has their test track. Um, there's the main reason. I- I don't do that is that it's so much work mowing my yard <laughs> that if I had gates up, it'd just be annoying me, but I, I might do it. I might do it. I do think that's interesting. I, the re- I'll tell you the main reason I don't do that though, is I'm actually not a good enough, like they have the Stig, right? And whoever is the Stig in any given season is a top, top racing driver so that when he takes a car out and he puts it around the track, people could say, well, what about the human factor? But he is so consistent and so skilled that no one can really question that that it's a fair test of the vehicle's capabilities, right? But I'm not a good enough racing pilot. I mean, I'm not terrible, but I'm not great. Consistent. In six and I would months, worry. You'll have it down in six months. You'll be able to do it. I would know the track. You're right. But I would worry that I would misrepresent the the, the vehicle. I would fly a quad and be like, well, it was slower. And everybody would listen. Everybody listens to what I say. I don't know how I've managed to trick people into doing that. But if I said that a given quad was, uh, you know, a half a second slower than another one, people wouldn't buy it. Or some people wouldn't buy it. And I'd feel bad if I was not, uh, if that wasn't representative of the truth. So I'm not sure that I'm the right dry, a racing pilot to, to do that. We've got um, Gary Kent booked in on here next week, and if anyone's the stig for quads, yeah. I reckon he is. Uh, having seen him just whip around tracks, uh, with with top, you know, it's crazy. Top um, pilots are so consistent. I'm mm-hmm. so impressed. You watch the pilots, and they're like a tenth of a second per lap difference. They just put them in, and you see the same thing if you look at uh, at Top Gear. Well, now we just talk about Top Gear, right? Who, who misses <laughs> Top Gear? Wow. Oh, but remember, they would bring in, they had the star in a reasonably priced car, right? For the, and then they would bring in F1 drivers every now and then and put them in the reasonably priced car, which is not a racing car. It's just a little four cylinders, you know, s- sedan. And the F1 drivers were so fast and so consistent. Their times were so close to each other. It was like clearly these guys just are doing something really, really well. And if, I'd love to find racing pilots of quads that were the same thing, you know, and who wanted to put 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 down test laps. Yeah. Have you tried, um, you know how you could get around the whole consistency? Hmm. Um, just build an oval uh, 
oval course. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the whole mowing thing, you of all people could make a, a rumba lawnmower, <laughs> you know, because like you nearly killed your dogs anyway the other day with your uh, mm. Carmen Filter race no. card. Come on, no, no, no. Little no, rumba, rumba, no. <laughs> little... <laughs> no, as soon as yeah, you harm it, the dogs come over. Like, no, go. Yeah, they they love it. They don't get a lot of outside time right now because it's so cold here. Mm. Um, no, I like I like mowing the lawn. I don't want to. I, I don't want. It's my. You know, some people relax. They get in the shower and relax. You know, and they let their mind wander. That's one of the only. Like, it wouldn't surprise you to know that uh, my mind is usually going a mile a minute, especially when I've been drinking Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> but. But when I'm mowing, it's one of the few times that I just kind of let my mind wander. It's just, you just sort of, you know, the mower, you can't hear anything because the mower's going. The, and then you just kind of driving in a straight line and following the, the fence line, you know, and just eventually you're done. And it's just so relaxing. I yeah. wouldn't want anybody to do it. I agree. Honestly. Change. Is that annual lawnmower quota? Change your uh, lower third to I sell Joshua Bardwell. I say I sell propane um, and <laughs> propane related accessories. <laughs> uh, Ten points if anyone actually understood that reference. Oh, oh no! Uh, we need more ladies in FPV in our hobby. There was something else. Oh yeah, um, Frank camping yes. at Mini Air Show. By the way, Digby Dan yes, asks definitely camping. Lots of camping. Barbecue's fine. Um, yeah, there's going to be stuff going on way into the night. There's going to be crazy, crazy things. Discotheques. Oh, yes. Um, also, I'd like to nominate Rich as Fire Marshal. He's he's already uh, on yeah. Fire Marshal duty at Sumner's Ponds, I believe. So okay. he might be busy um, preparing for that. A good luck, uh, Dynamite Girl I'm at the vet. I'm thinking a lot. <laughs> Um, Sherman G in the chat asks, uh, does anyone know anything about the FR Sky long range receiver? Uh, the new one, the R9 Slim, how does it compare to the Crossfire? Um, does anyone know anything about that? That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the 900 megahertz system, right? No, because Free Sky, no, Free Sky, yeah. Free Sky has. FreeSky has an L series receiver, which is a long range 2.4 gigahertz receiver. And they've just done something to soup up their, I don't know what they do. Um, and then they've also got, I think, a 900 megahertz long range system that is competing with Crossfire. I don't know. Is that right? I think that's the idea. No, they, they had, no, they had a, they got an L series on your Tyrannus. Hang on. The... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like built in in the XJR, and then they've right. got the separate, yeah, long range one that's competing. Is that right? Is that what you said? Or I think that's I right. They've idiot? got the if you in your Tyrannus, there's an there. If you go to the receiver type when you bind it, there's yeah. D8, D16, and L. And L is a 2.4 gigahertz receiver. Works with your Tyrannus out of the box, but it does something different to the radio protocol to make it longer range. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it doesn't give they, you telemetry. Yeah, I know it doesn't give you telemetry. That's true. Um, whereas they also have, I think, a 900 megahertz series of receivers. And that is, I mean, I'm sure that the guys from TBS would cringe if they heard me say it, but <laughs> that it's similar to Crossfire in that it uses 900 megahertz and it's a long range system, but in no other way is it anything like even close to as good as Crossfire. <laughs> 900 is our telephone I think. Yeah, we we switched to eight hundred. That's and also I think Elwin, you can flash it in Belgium, to make it EU compatible. I think there is an EU. Shall I? Heaven didn't, forbid. Didn't look, RC model reviews? Um, uh, didn't he say that it was not very good the Fry Sky module because the antennas weren't correct lengths and stuff like that? I'm pretty sure I saw that video. Oh, hang on. Uh... Man, I want to, but the camera gets on my nerves. Something fierce. I need longer to prepare, I think. Maybe in a short shot of tequila. You don't... Uh, hang on. Sorry. I've just got a message from Simon. <laughs> he doesn't Sorry. He doesn't need a camera. He can just yeah. come on voice. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe we should book him in for another day. Let him prop. Yeah, don't make him jump on. Not everybody can be Chad Capper. 
Yeah. Chad Capper is Chad Capper is the Beetlejuice of a podcast. You say his name three times and he appears somewhere right now. His ears have perked up. And if we say his name one more time, he'll he'll compulsively get on his computer and come and log into the call without even knowing why. Come on, Kappa. I I wouldn't be surprised, in honesty. Are we gonna say it a third time? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Chad Capper. That's three. <laughs> give him a, give him a minute. Mature, bald, well. <laughs> said, no, I, well done. You're, you're picking your him now. Aren't you? Name yeah. three yeah. times. Uh, Where um, are you? Enter. There you go. <laughs> I guess, uh, Josh, um, yeah. how are you? Because there's talk in the chat now of comparing. Crossfire, FR Sky, like normal ones, um, and other protocols. Yeah. How do you think that everyone's like is Crossfire gonna take over? Do you think where's it gonna yeah. all go? So, so the first question people ask is: Is Crossfire really all that? And the answer to that, the short answer to that is yes. Crossfire is pretty cool. It is. It is definitely in every way longer range, better reliability than like FreeSky 2.4 gigahertz. Um, that's at least in part because they're using 900 megahertz and there are things about lower frequencies that propagate better. And that's in part because Crossfire is an intelligently designed. Those guys at TBS know what they're doing, despite the fact that they would tell you that they're the smartest people in the world and nobody holds a candle to them. <laughs> they also are, in fact, really smart guys. <laughs> a lot of times people with bluster don't back it up and they do back it up. But um, uh, so, for example, uh, I was hanging out with Stinger Swarm in Atlanta a little while back and we flew and I said, why do you use Crossfire? You know, what's the deal? And he said, even with the Crossfire micro uh, receiver and the, the smaller, the plug-in module, which is lower powered than the full unit, which hangs off the back of your radio. He said, even with that thing, you, you will never outrun your FPV will never outrun your control. So as long as you can see your camera, you are not going to fail safe. Uh, assuming you set your antennas upright, the antennas can be a little finicky, but he said, and just that confidence uh, really is inspiring. Um, as far as the question of whether Crossfire has better, people have argued it has better latency. There's that uh, head-to-head video that Snake FPV did where he compared Crossfire to SBUS. And, and some people have said that the lower latency and the faster refresh rate means it feels like more direct. And I haven't flown it, but... Uh, you know, what Stinger, I asked him about that too. And he said, uh, he said that you can feel it, but it's not like when you went from PPM to S bus where it was like, Oh my God. And then when you went back, you were like, he said (laughs) when he flies one of his quads with a free sky receiver in it for like the first half a pack, he notices the difference and then he adjusts. So, so that's my, you know, that's, I guess, Stinger Swarm's opinion on Crossfire. I haven't flown it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Tony? I know you've had some experience switching back and forth. It was weird going from, yeah, Crossfire back to normal. I was crashing a lot. So um, yeah, you, you, thought, you thought there was a really big difference? Uh, enough to notice um, when I was racing, yes. Hmm. I'm, t- I'm just, I'm sad that the receiver is 40 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really appreciate that with FreeSky uh you could for 20 bucks maybe 25 bucks maybe a little less maybe 15 bucks depending on what receiver you get whether it's on sale you can put a receiver in every quad and not really think twice about it crossfire is great but at 40 bucks for the receiver i mean maybe for the average person who has only three or five quads maybe you can tolerate the difference um if you're uh if you have a lot of quads you have to make some hard decisions yeah. we'll set them up all the same with all the same switches and then plug them in well, who wants to move their receiver, though? No. Yeah. I mean, that's a real hassle. Nobody wants to do that. A lot of races over here are just swapping just because of the speed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got, like, can you put in a good word for Stingy? Because I messaged him on Facebook, and I can't, I cannot get, you know, the kiss flasher for uh, beta flight. Okay. I cannot get that to work. I've got a cyclone mm. and i jumped the ppm to run d sharp but cannot get them to flash the kissy SEs for love nor money and why do you think he can help you with that does he run kiss he he done the well no he done the tutorial of uh how to oh. 
how to flash your Kissy SE through Betaflight. It's like a little flash loader app. You know? Tell you what, some some YouTube personalities, people ask them questions, they don't answer, they don't respond. Some I people. know. I know, stingy. I know. Asking the wrong people. Only there was, it's not, it's only not like there was somebody out there who would help everybody. And... Yeah. <laughs> stingy. I know. Like, I just can't. I mean, uh, one one thing. Um, are you are you got any interesting gimbals? Are you talking about camera gimbals? Yeah. I don't think uh, cam. Every so often, somebody messages me. Like you know, three times a year, somebody messages me and says, "Hey, man, I got this idea." What if we put a the FPV camera on a gimbal? So when the quadcopter pitched forward, oh, the, the camera would tilt up. Why doesn't somebody do that? And I'm like, somebody's done that. <laughs> yeah. um, for I think for, for racing and uh, acro, it's really important that the up tilt angle be consistent mm. so that you know what direction your motors are thrusting relative to the camera angle so that when you punch the throttle, you know what direction your quad's going to go. I could imagine a camera on a, gim a gimbal so that as you take off, it tilts up to like 35 degrees and then stays there. But an, a dynamic one that continues to tilt, I think that's no good for racing or, or for or acro flying. Um, the other thing is that uh, it's a reliability issue. You know, your camera is right out in the front. It takes big hits uh, and having it on a servo or something is going to really, you know, it's going to break. It hasn't so, got enough speed to keep up either. I don't know about that. I mean, there's some really high speed. The oh, guys, yeah. <laughs> you know, the servos that run the swash blade on a on a collective pitch heli, you know, they, you know, whatever. They're pretty. They're pretty beefy. But I don't know if it's really worth it. I think that's oftentimes just somebody who hasn't learned to fly with up tilt yet and is trying to solve it, uh, you know, with a with technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Richard Warwick in the chat um, confirms that alcohol definitely affects. Uh, um, the latency on his system. So what can you say about Monster Energy Drink? <laughs> Monster Energy Drink. Well, I think it would be interesting. Remember the test that the flight test guys did? Uh, not flight test, Rotor Riot guys, sorry. The Rotor Riot guys did where they got everybody drunk and they had them race laps. We should see if Monster Energy Drink causes <laughs> people to race faster. <laughs> I wonder, hang on, I wonder sales representative. Let me just Google like Monster <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's been good to have you on. I don't think we should push you too far past the hour mark because you know, we need to keep some voice for the for your next show that I'm sure will be on soon. What else are you doing soon? Have you got anything lined up? I am um, watch out for the next thing that I'm doing is uh, in Atlanta, not in Atlanta, in Loganville, Georgia, which is a suburb ish of Atlanta. It's Quad Camp, uh, Rotorite Quad Camp. Uh -huh. Um. Uh, that is a, uh, the, the Loganville one is actually sold out. So there's not really much, I think it's sold out. So there's not much point in me plugging it, but, uh, basically, uh, the Rotorite Stinger Swarm is heading this up. He quit his job to do this. Uh, he quit his job as an airline pilot, if you can believe that. So what his, his priorities are, I actually had him on outside. my podcast, uh, recently, and we talked about it and he is going to be doing these quad camps and other educational things with Rotorite. Quad camp basically is, you know, 35 people come and they, they hang out for uh, a weekend with uh, me, uh, Drew, the Drib, uh, who else is going to be there? Tommy, I'm a God, um, few other people, different people, depending on the city. He said he was hoping to do uh, basically one a month all around the country. And that we even had some interest from people in other countries. So if you're not in the U.S., there may even be one coming to you. Uh, it's just getting started. This is the second one. I'm super excited to be a part of it. Uh, Chad, I was, I was talking to, I heard about the first one and I messaged, uh, Chad Capper and said, you son of a, mm, I had the idea to do this six months ago. Hang on, let me just uh, message him. Hang on. Uh, Josh said you're a son of a. I couldn't get the logistics together. I didn't make it happen. It kills me that you got to it before me. Please, for God's sake, let me be in the next one. And he said, funny you mentioned that it's going to be in Atlanta. So, um, so that's what I'm doing. It's a week. Of, it's the 27th and 28th and there will be more. And I super I hope to be involved with all of them. Uh, so uh, I don't think I have any other podcasts. I'm doing more live streams myself now that I'm a full timer. Uh, and uh, yeah, just making videos. Yeah. Good thank stuff. You. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, like Tony's been pushing in the chat. We've got lots of people watching. So please do 
like, subscribe, <laughs> go check out our Patreon, go check out Josh's Patreon. Please Thank keep you. us all running and doing yeah. things. Um, um, you can also, since you, I'll, I'll also plug my website, www.fpvknowitall.com. Uh, if, you, if you're not able or don't want to uh, be a patron for whatever reason, there are other ways you can support me there, including just watching my videos, which helps a lot. But there's other stuff like using my affiliate links or, or checking out the website. So I'll plug that real quick. Yeah, you can also support Josh by going to https drink forward slash contact and filling out the form because apparently um, uh, they love to hear from our fans. The policy of Monster Energy Comp is not set to unsolicited submissions or ideas or other creative material, but if you message them and let them know that Josh is a really good representative... It might help him fund his <laughs> his little crack habit. <laughs> now you're 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 playing me off the show, but you did ask me to oh, no. put oh, yeah. this behind me. Are Quickly. we out of time, or do you want to? Oh, if we're out of time, it's a, I don't care. A little it's bit more. Show. It's your show. Are you sure? Bonus yeah. material. There bonus, we go. Bonus ten minutes. Five. Yeah, five minutes. <laughs> I should probably like get this presenting, shouldn't I? Yeah, there you go. Oh man, you look yeah. so cool. That's very. Cool. Why aren't they in white? <laughs> I don't know. These are the uh, DJI goggles. Uh, they sent them to me. We're going to see if these actually are as good for FPV racing as regular, you know, fat sharks or better. And mm-hmm. then uh, what other? Let me tell you something cool I didn't know about these. Uh, I only just unboxed them today, but um, the FPV receiver, the video receiver has the ability to output SBUS. So huh? you can plug you can plug your transmitter into these goggles and it will transmit your control signal over the digital video link so that you'll never if as long as you have video you also have control. And you don't need like a FreeSky receiver in your quad. You can just use this little guy which is also your video receiver. I didn't know that. That's pretty slick. Yeah. Well, this is coming up coming up on my channel. Wow. There's no way that would fit in the snail, surely. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. This is the video receiver, and if you choose to use it that way, the control receiver, and you can see it's it's fairly bulky. Hmm. Um, but I'm really they did a smart thing. I'll tell you what they did. That's a smart thing. Look at that. Same Look width as HS one one seven. Oh yeah, look yeah. at that. Even the same bolt pattern. How oh, freaking wow. It's and you know it's so like I've had the um the top sky goggles. This is red. They're behind me on the desk right there, but you can barely see them. And the top sky goggles. Those guys did so much right. Like, but there are so many little things about the top sky goggles that you're like, what were you thinking? Like, like for example, the um the diopter slots that hold the the diopters for people who don't have perfect vision. They're not the same size as the others of the fat sharks, so you can't use fat shark diopters. And it's like, what were you thinking? Why did you? Why would you do that? They took That's measurements I... from uh, pictures on the internet. They didn't actually have a set. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're just estimating. So I see this, and I'm like, ah, you see? That's smart. You were paying attention. Yep. You guys are – I really – it's little things like that that impress me. Is it the uh, same yeah. run cam thread, though? Get a run cam bolt, you know. I think it's three, won't it? Well, no, I'll tell you. Okay, hang on. I'll... They're, they're hang on. 2.5. Aren't DJI doing um, some presentation on the 23rd of a new drone? Maybe. California. Pretty sure they're going to release something. So I don't know if it's the same bolt pattern, but it's actually, it is definitely the same size and width. It's exactly. Mm, I I just thought maybe the screw doesn't fit in there. But I well, guess they provide a screw no, anyway. Like, no, I really but, dig that. It really, it, that's the way to win me over if you want me to review a product of yours, is to show me you were thinking and paying attention to little details like that. They, they could have made it some weird proprietary thing. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well, great, DJI, thanks. How am I supposed to actually put this in my frame? <laughs> which, is, which is the kind of mistake you would make if you were a big company trying to get into a new market. You would you'd miss little details like that. And I feel like, I mean, the, I, I, really, I really wish Top Sky the best. They have, a, they have the, the fundamentals of a really good goggle here, but they've missed a lot of little details that are killing it for me. But I, I hope they get those details right. And I think what it is is that Top Sky makes these optical products, but they've never made an FPV goggle before. And so they kind of dove in full, you know, with enthusiasm 
but they missed a lot of little details. Whereas you look at something like this with DJI, the ability to do the S bus out so you don't have to use your regular receiver, and, and they have this super long-range digital video link, and they're like, yeah, sure, put your control link over it. It just plugs into the trainer port on the back of your radio. You use your radio. It just plugs into the trainer port. Right. That is really smart, and that is a real value. And the ability to use whatever frame you want, just mount the camera. Yes. Till you till you plug it all in, go to use it, and then you have to answer ten questions about well, yeah. the law of everything. And yeah, <laughs> I was doing that right before I came on the show. I was gonna, I turned the goggles on, and I was gonna like just look at them and try them out. And the first thing the goggles did is they popped up a screen that said, "Please register these goggles." So I had to go to the DJI site and download the DJI program and log in. And I was still in the middle of all that bullshit when you uh, came on the show. So yeah. anyway, oh my God. Yeah. all right, you guys, thank, thank you guys you. for having me on. Yeah. Can I say thank one you. thing awesome. before, yes. if anyone's got any leads to someone <laughs> make or help me, or if I have to pay them to get a storm 32 gimbal controller to work properly, <laughs> I would greatly appreciate it links people i've messaged ollie anyone like you know i've even looked at companies in the uk that i would pay someone to get it to work and that's it but thank and, you uh we miss andy rc hopefully we'll see you next week mate get, get better he's even iller than joshua bardwell frank do you want to see us out no by, by all means oh please go on i like it when you do it <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for, for listening and either on YouTube or on one of our many, many podcast platforms that these are all now lovely and edited and released on. Thanks to our In a world beautiful full patrons. of confusion, <laughs> one man will teach you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, up. <laughs> all the episodes have been edited. We're releasing them one a day. Yeah. Because they've been paid for Damn by it. our lovely patrons. Yeah, thank, thank you very you much, much, guys. Can't believe Joshua Bard was bloody trolling us. <laughs> What's happened? Are we out? Are we out yet? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Worst show I've ever. Telemetry lost.